The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Being flexible has been the number one rule of parenting during the pandemic. Would you guys agree? Sometimes being flexible is easier than others. So today I have Neely Fisher as my guest, who is known as a flexible chef. Neely Fisher is a media personality, fitness instructor, author of the best-selling book, Food You Want for the Life You Crave, and the founder of The Flexible Chef, a lifestyle brand that shows people how to live a flexible and empowered life in and out of the kitchen. Neely leads her followers to live flexible, healthy, and masterful lives by example. She's a wife, mother, author, entrepreneur, but ultimately she's just like us. She wants to spend time with her family and ultimately live a happy, healthy, and flexible life herself. So today we're talking about flexible tips every mother needs to know from working, cooking, organizing, and still making time for yourself. Here's our conversation. Hi, Neely. Welcome to Being Bumo. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So I want to know the first thing that you did this morning. This is a, this is a personal thing that I love uh, learning about people that I look up to just because I feel like it really determines the day. So what is the first thing that you did this morning? Yeah, my alarm is set at 5 a.m. Um, I'm in a hotel room, so my son's sleeping next to me. So I tippy-toed and made a cup of coffee, which I balanced with a glass of water. And, um, and then actually I went on to an Uber app because we're in a hotel room and he's out in Disneyland today. So I wanted him to have healthy food and not just, I don't know, pizza and ice cream over there. So I ordered him some Uber Eats and pre-scheduled it so it would be ready before he left. Oh, that's incredible. So is 5am a usual wake up time for you? It is. Yeah. Wow. That's so early. I thought I was an early riser. I do six, but I guess five is is normal for you. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's really, it's about how it works for you, right? It depends what time you go to bed, what you have the rest of your day. You know, I have four kids and a kind of busy life and I like to get to bed early. So 5am is like good for me, but there is no prescriptive right, right or wrong. Right. Well, yeah, I'm just excited to dive into this you are known to be the flexible chef, which I love. How did you come up with that name? How did you become the flexible chef? And can you tell us how it all began for you? Absolutely. Uh, it began by me being very inflexible. I was a rigid perfectionist rule follower for most of my life. It, it was always about kind of attaining a certain level of, of perfection and you know, when things didn't exactly go the way I wanted them to go for a desired outcome, I would fall apart. I mean, I've thrown out, you know, loaves of bread that that didn't rise properly instead of these days making, you know, crumbs out of it or, you know, something happens, which basically happens every day that throws you off track. And it would really, I would, you know, mentally not be very good with that. And 
So over time, um, I've been married for 22 years to a husband who's kind of by nature, very easygoing and flexible. And, you know, as you grow together, we got married young and he sort of helped inspire me to take a load off a little bit and be okay when things change and go wrong or whatever. And, and I, and, you know, it, the flexible chef brand really started with a, a website that I bought about a decade ago. It's like the flexible That's going to be the name of my cookbook one day. I it's not now not the name of my cookbook, but it's the name of my little binder of recipes. And funny because it, you know, I was teaching yoga at the time. So flexible for me was like very, it had to do with yoga, but it turned out that the way my life was evolving and the way I was cooking, I kind of all coincided and it just made sense. So it really evolved as a journey. That's great. So starting off as unflexible or is it inflexible? <laughs> inflexible. <laughs> you could, you could, you could make a name up. No problem. Inflexible to being the flexible chef. So have you seen that once you became flexible in the kitchen, because that is what you've started with, um, did it kind of bleed into other parts of your life being more flexible, whether it be parenting, career, all of that? Absolutely. In every single way. And, you know, the, the idea of flexibility came to me. I've been teaching yoga for many years and it came to me on the yoga mat where I realized that in order to be flexible, you sort of have to have a strong foundation. You have to have a backbone. You have to have values. You have to have strength in your arms in order to stretch your limbs. And it became really obvious that that's something that's applicable to every area of your life. It's like, how can we create this kind of backbone of strength and flexibility, excuse me, strength and organization and order and, and values and aspirations and all the things that you want. And then how can we then, you know, apply this kind of secret ingredient of flexibility in all these areas in order to, in order to emerge and live a life that you crave? Yeah. So do you feel like flexibility starts off by being strong and knowing what you want? Because I think a lot of people, when they hear the word flexible, they think, oh, that means that they don't really have boundaries and they could get swayed anyway. But no, you're saying that it's actually quite the opposite. You have to have a strong base and a strong foundation. Absolutely. My brand is called the flexible chef. It's not called like the, like the flexible, I don't know, uh, spaghetti or <laughs> like, it's not just the flexible anything. It's it's these chef-like qualities that are the inspiration to strive for something greater and bigger and excellent on, on the one hand. And so you kind of need that first, right? I always say that organization is the backbone of flexibility. And you're right. Most people are like, what? Organization? I thought you were... Right? It's like, we need to have a plan in order to be okay to pivot from the plan. And we need to know where we're going in order to know how to like bob and weave off the path if we didn't have a compass, we'd just be, like you say, we just kind of be lost and like anything really goes, but that isn't the case in life as we both know. Yeah. So basically it's not an excuse for you not to plan because being flexible means that you have to have a plan, but be able to pivot from your plan and not necessarily being like, oh, I'm just going to go wherever it takes me type of attitude, right? Absolutely. So let's get into it. What are the flexible tips that every mother needs to know? And I know that we're going to be covering a little bit of everything from work to the kitchen to organization, but I would personally love to start with work because uh, we have a lot of working mothers that listen to this podcast. So let's start off with working. Um, what is 
your go-to number one tip for working parents? You know, I think that the first tip that I could think of is very related to our times right now because so many of us have had to pivot the way we work. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in a hotel room right now working, right? And I sent my son off for the day and he's got a plan and I had to carve out this space. I had to put the do not disturb sign on my, you know, on my door and focus in the same way that I focused if you and I were sitting in person and I had to carve that out. So we're all dealing with, you know, how to create these sanctuary workspaces from home or, or how are we going to kind of apply this idea of flexibility, which I think in the work sense is more like being creative and kind of open-minded and not so rigid about like, this is how I work and to be open to all sorts of new plans. I mean, another really good example is I run a flexible business with a flexible team. That means I don't hire the person necessarily that lives in my city. I live around the world anyway, so I don't really have a city, but I hire the best people around the world. And you know, I've got like someone in North Carolina and I've got someone in Florida and, you know, I'm bopping around between all these different places and we all have to be flexible or we all have to not be so rigid about my hours are nine to five. Cause sometimes, you know, I'm trying to accommodate someone who's in a different, well, usually I'm the one in a different city, but you know, I just have to accommodate based around that. And so what happens, I think as a mom is like your schedule just needs to be managed differently. And you know, the idea of coming up with a flexible schedule and being like, yeah, it's not really great to have a call at 8 p.m. because I'm not at my best, but sometimes that's just the reality, right? I, I, you know, my priority is to sit down with the kids for dinner at 6.30. So I'll get on the, I'll get on calls at night if I have to. Yeah. And that's one thing that I always talk about on this podcast is, especially if you're starting a new business or you're an entrepreneur yourself and especially during these times of the pandemic, you know, of course we all want to check out at a a reasonable hour, but the reality of it is that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, a lot of workers, they have to get their stuff done um, once the kids are sleeping. And instead of putting so much guilt on that, because I used to feel very guilty about that. Like, oh, I told myself that I'm going to check out at a certain time, but that's just, you know, that's just the reality of things and knowing that that's not going to be forever. And you just have to be flexible with yourself and give yourself some grace. And I think that's something that we've all kind of experienced during the pandemic. In a study by Esquire, 54% of women said they'd rather be hit by a car than considered fat. If I'm being honest, I've been those women. So for me, this isn't just a podcast, it's personal. I'm Danielle Robay, TV host and journalist, and years of celebrity interviewing taught me that beauty isn't about what you look like, it's about who you become. Each week, I'm having thought-provoking conversations, digging into the stories of people who put a new spin on pretty. From entrepreneurs and authors to politicians and celebrities, no topic is off limits. So join me every Thursday for a new episode to feel pretty inspired, pretty seen, and best of all, pretty smart. Has work been a little different for you? I mean, I know that you're naturally kind of traveling all the time, but is it different like on a day-to-day? I know that, you know, sometimes when I ask a question, what does your day look like? A lot of entrepreneurs is like, it looks different every single day. Is that the case for you as well? Yeah. I mean, I, I always kind of ran a flexible business. So the pandemic thankfully hasn't affected me that much other than the fact that, you know, certain travel or you know, I do a lot of TV appearances. And so a lot of stuff has been remote. So I've had to learn all these different skills, like how to 
how to film a remote Zoom segment for, you know, a TV segment or something like that. So it's really just been like allowing for all the differences, right? The day-to-day differences, the seasonal differences, the pandemic differences, and just kind of knowing how to, to some degree, go with the flow. And, you know, I think, again, lately, the hardest part, certainly for me, has just been the level of uncertainty. So, you know, so I'm such a planner. Are you a planner? I I am, but not probably not as hardcore as you are. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm a planner. And so like, that was the other thing when I had to get flexible. It was like, how can I, you know, have a plan, but then know how to veer from the plan. So I think that's true right now too, with scheduling and stuff. It's like, here's the vision for the day or the plan for the day. And it might change and that's going to be okay. So what does your planning look like in a given day? Because I think a lot of uh, parents would be very curious about your planning tactics. And I'm personally curious about that as well. Absolutely. Like from a work standpoint? I think both. I think as a parent, you just mentioned that you plan kind of what's going to happen for your child. You know, he's at Disneyland today. So yeah, how does that look like? It starts with me looking ahead and anticipating needs, priorities, values, differentiating the things that are urgent and the things that are important. I typically will look at, I have seasons where I'll look at like quarters or like the year ahead, right? Like if we're planning travel for the family, right? Or something, it's like kind of like, you know, I, I do like work with magazine stuff, like the short lead times. And then there's like the long lead stuff, right? So the long lead stuff would be like, magazine articles, like they need six. So I look at like long lead, like we have to plan Christmas, like otherwise we won't get a hotel room. So like, just as an example, we were in Montana this summer and we rented a car, but we rented a car kind of a little too late, which wasn't even that late. It was probably like, you know, May or something. Cars had been sold out since February or whatever. I mean, that's I mean, extreme. That the car shortage right now is something that no one anticipated. I've never heard about a car shortage in my life. I mean, I'm hearing about this left and right. And I thought it was just for like travel, like really popular travel destinations like Hawaii, but it seems like it's everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. But but that's also, again, flexibility. It's like, okay, well, like, let's figure out, a, you know, either we're going to just have to suck it up and spend more money this year, or we're going to actually look at used cars. It ended up working out for us, but that's just an auxiliary story. But um, so it's really like looking at your calendar in your life and saying, you know, how do I look, how do I look at the long lead stuff, what I need to plan? And then at the beginning of the week, I'll look at my week and kind of say, okay, well, what are the priorities and what do I need to get done? I like to kind of get the hard stuff done at the beginning of the week because as the week wanes, we like lose some focus, right? Think like the traditional like Friday. You don't want to put like your most important things on Friday because then people are not going to get them in their inbox till Monday. And you know, you so you think about prioritizing the week. And then I use all sorts of organizational apps. So, I mean, obviously my calendar, I kind of live by my calendar. I also do, for those of you listening that that are also traveling or in different time zones. One thing I love to do in my calendar is I'll put a meeting in on the hour and the time zone that it's at, but then I'll also put like an all day event reminder because sometimes that's get gets lost or it's happened too many times. So I have like these reminders up ahead, up at the top. And then I've got my list of events. I also use Evernote for like notebooks and note taking. So I've got, you know, my, my family notebook and my work notebook and all that kind of stuff. So everything gets dumped. I, I on the go, I'll like type it on my phone. 
I do all my menus. That's like the the common app that I just interviewed Hillary Kerr of Who What Where right before you. And she was going off of how she actually keeps herself organized and Evernote was her number one as well. So that seems like a very popular tool that busy, busy parents use and busy people, like anybody that runs a business or whatnot. So yeah, it's pretty like a lot of people find it a little bit kind of scattered. Like you have, it's, it's not very structured, but that's kind of what I like about it. Cause you could sort of use it as a notebook basically a virtual notebook. If you like kind of a more structured, um, like list take list app, I use an app called Monday. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So like I do that for my teams and stuff, but I mean, there's a million. We used to use Trello at one point, but yeah, I do that. And then I file everything in Dropbox. So like we have a family, oh, this is really important. So we have a family folder and I always find as a parent that like, unless I do it right now, it'll get lost in the ether. Like when we go to the doctor and we, they update, you know, my kids get three new vaccines. I immediately will put it in my, you know, Dropbox folder that has all the medical stuff in this way. It's like, wait, did they get that shot? I don't remember. And then you just get frazzled. So I do all that. I love that. I really love It's these little things that make a big difference because we waste so much of our time looking for things that were in the past. And just a simple organization tip like this can really make the difference and save time. So let's go on to cooking because I know this is your your sweet spot. Um, And personally, something that I'm not too much of an expert in. So I would love to hear your tips on this as far as being flexible and being able to create some awesome dishes. Absolutely. I think it would be interesting to preface with the concept of my book and how flexibility gets woven into all these recipes. So my book is called Food You Want for the Life You Crave. You is kind of the center um, thing, right? Because it's like, what do you crave? It's not about my, you know, the diet that I'm prescribing to you. It's about what it is, how it is that you want to live. And then we start from there. And so it's really... Every recipe has two really important components. One is called nail this, where I give you like the shortcut for success. And then the other one's called flip it, where I show you how to modify and play with anything. Because what I find in the kitchen is I famously talk all the time about how one day I was leafing through my 500th cookbook and I still didn't know what to make for dinner because there was this kind of like this like formulaic situation. And I realized that what I wanted to do is create the formula for the formula, meaning teach you how to do it, give you the shortcuts of success, but then do it your way. Like, who am I to say that you should put the salsa on the side with the omelet or whatever? Like, what if you don't like tomatoes? I'm not going to, you don't have to follow that. So everything in my book and and all the recipes that I teach and cooking classes that I teach and all of that is really about giving people a foundation, right? It's almost like I, I talk a lot about learning the rules and then breaking them for the best results. That's what flexibility in the kitchen is. It's learning the recipe, um, you know, very simply, you know, for anyone like a novice cook out there, it's like read the recipe top to bottom, understand the concepts. What are you trying to achieve? What, you know, you, you're making a banana bread. Okay. First rule, 
Don't overcook it so it's dry. Second rule, like, you know, may, I'm totally, whatever. This is not a rule necessarily, but just as an example, you know, make sure that you, I don't know, whisk your dry ingredients so there's no lumps in the uh, Spray the pan so you don't stick it at the bottom. Oh, and then, okay, I have some fresh blueberries. Oh, I'm going to make a blueberry banana thing. Or I don't want to make a banana bread. I'm going to make mini muffins. I have leftovers. I'm going to learn how to zip and freeze them. And so it's really about being really creative, really inventive, and learning how to become a chef that can sort of wing things and have a little bit more fun. That gives me a bit more inspiration because I am very scared of the kitchen. I I don't really cook myself. I, I'm learning like basic like recipes that I like my go-tos that my kids always love. And I just like keep making those. But it, I think it's the idea of making something perfect or not having it come out the way that I expected it to come out or how it looked on the internet, that is always kind of the fear factor for me to even try something new. So I like the idea of being able to spin it your own way. And if it comes out differently, that's totally fine. So do you have any recipes that are your go-to or that are like your most popular that people have kind of put their own twist to it? Yeah, I mean, for sure. (sighs) Let me try to give you a good example. I really like using my slow cooker. It's like, People laugh at me because they're like, that's not in anymore. Like you're supposed to use the Instapot. That's cooler. But I love my slow cooker because because I like to plan it ahead and then just have it do its work. And then I show up later. So, and it's also, well, it's a flexible tool in that you can kind of dump everything in. You don't have to measure and stuff. So like I'll do a brisket in the slow cooker, for example, which my secret to beef is to marinate it in red wine try not to use a fancy bottle, but I marinate the beef and red wine for at least 24 hours. And it kind of softens and tenderizes and flavors the beef. And then I rinse it off and I throw it in the crock pot and I add a bunch of seasoning and some onions and garlic and veggies. And I basically leave it until it softens like for, you know, 10 hours or whatever. And then it's like this soft meat and you end up putting it in the, under the broiler just to get like that little crispy edge and it just falls apart and it's delicious. Oh, that sounds Um, amazing and easy. (laughs) You know, day to day we live on salads. Thankfully my kids eat salad, but they're also getting older. And so I I do a ton of like pre-chopped salads and dressings and always have them in the fridge for a quick go. Everyone can add whatever they want to add. I do a lot of boards too, like not Instagram worthy. Well, they could be, but boards in the sense that like, I'll just like put out a whole array of things and everyone can sort of mix and match, you know, a taco board or like a guac board for an appetizer or, um, you know, a pasta bar board. And it like looks really pretty and everyone can mix and match and assemble. And it takes the like really hard work away from you. So it's like make your own DIY basically and put the cooking, not necessarily on yourself, but like, you know, they could figure it out. Exactly. That's awesome. I love that. I think I could pull that off. And so how about organization? Because I think that um, we kind of touched upon this, but I don't know if you have any other tips on staying organized while being flexible. Yeah, gosh, you know, outside of the scheduling stuff that we talked about in the kitchen, as an example, everything starts with organization. So, and this is a, people think that pre-planning is going to take more time, but just like when you put the vaccine in your Dropbox immediately and it saves you time later, same thing. You end up being less frazzled and you can cook much more efficiently when your ingredients are prepped where you can find it in the pantry. So, I mean, this is an exhaustive, we could talk about only this for an hour, but like super briefly, keeping your pantry organized, putting everything that you need 
in the right place. Things at eye level that you use every day, things at the bottom or the super top that you don't really touch. You know, how you organize all of your kitchen supplies so that you know how to reach things in the right places. Um, everything gets pre-prepped. Well, as much as possible, right? So like pre-measuring my ingredients, like sometimes if I'm, well, going back to the banana bread example, I'll like pre-measure all my flour. I hate measuring. It's just like, it's so tedious. You have to, you can't be multitasking. So I do that like at another time and, you know, wake up in the morning and everything's prepped and I just have to like, boom, 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 add it into the bowl and it's done. So I hate spending time in the kitchen. Funny enough, like I'd rather be doing other things but I love feeding my family healthy food and I love being creative. So I, so there's so many organizational shortcuts in advance to make the process smoother. You keep talking about your banana bread. I feel like I need to know this <laughs> I know, recipe. Back to <laughs> I love a good exactly. banana bread. So I would love to know what your recipe is for that. Can we, do you have like show notes we can share it with everybody? Yeah, I can link it down below, but if you okay. can kind of give us like yeah. a brief rundown. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I, first of all, I'm gluten-free. And one of the things I love about my banana bread is people that are like, yeah, gluten-free, I can taste it. I can tell the difference. So with this banana bread, just, you can't tell the difference. It's really just a, 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 I give some recommendations for flowers, but it's a good flour blend, pretty simple eggs and vanilla and cinnamon. And I use maple syrup instead of sugar because it, I mean, it's actually sugar wise, it's the same, but it just makes it moister. I use an extra, like more bananas than usual to kind of make it really moist. And I underbake it so you get that like mushy, mm. creamable center. I love that. I'm like drooling as I, I listen to you right now. I, I'm craving banana bread. So how about your kids then? Have they become naturally like flexible eaters in this case? Because you you just kind of whip things up as you go. And I must, you said that you travel a lot. So how are they like when it comes to eating? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that, well, the answer today is yes and yes and yes and yes. But the deeper answer is that as parents, there are, we know that there are stages that our kids go through and we sometimes get stuck on like my picky eater, like he won't eat vegetables or like I work with a, I consult with a lot of families and you know, it's like, I can't get my kids to eat that. I can't get that. It's like, they're one years old. Just it's going to be okay. They have their whole life to eat vegetables. Right. And so like, being able to kind of see the journey as a parent with regards to teaching your kids healthy habits and foods. And again, it's like, it's the long game, right? Like this is eventually what I want to teach them. I want to teach them just, you know, me, you you know, for you, it'll be different. But what I want to teach my kids is independence. And I want to give them all of the information that they should, could know about healthy eating so that you know, they can make choices for themselves one day. And I want them to have skill, right? So that they could grow up and and and, and make a meal and not, not, you know, not get married and be like, I don't know how to, <laughs> how to make an omelet. You know, I sent my son off to college two years ago and like, I, you know, we did like a crash course. It's like, oh wait, all the things that I need to fill you in on before you go. So now he calls me from school and he's like, Hey mom, can you remind me what temperature da, da, da. And I got him like all sorts of little tools for his college room to kind of be as a slow cooker, for example. Oh, um, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, my kids are, you know, right now, you know, thankfully are amazing. They all, they can, my nine-year-old Liam just turned nine. He can make himself like a cheesy egg for breakfast. He make 
He makes himself caramel popcorn. He won't even let me in the kitchen when he's doing it because it's a mess and he knows I'll be angry. So he's I like, well, love that. I love that. And I think that's a gift, a tool, actually, a tool that you're teaching them. Because for me, I, I obviously love my parents. I'm so grateful for them. But my mom was a stay-at-home mom and she literally did everything for us. She cooked incredible meals three times a day up until college, right? And didn't necessarily, I, I just think that it just wasn't, she wasn't fully there to be like, oh, I need to teach my kids how to do this. And so I went off to college. I'm like, I don't know how to cook. I don't know the basics. And so that was a crutch for me that I still have till this day. And it, it takes a lot in me to be able to conquer kind of that because I don't have that confidence, even though I have kids and I, I do have to cook and I, I do like mess around with some recipes, but it's kind of a crutch for me. And so I think that, that is a really great tool that you're actually teaching your kids at a young age and the confidence that they're able to take onto their adult lives. So that's amazing. I think that the, the, the challenge for a lot of people is the process because at first it takes a while to teach someone how to fish, right? There's some skill involved. It's like easier to just catch the fish and feed it to them, right? But if you, again, going back to the long game of like, I want my kids to achieve these things in their lives. Sometimes it's worth like, I love just being able to cook by myself in the kitchen and like, blah, blah, blah. I know what I'm doing. I can just whip it up, but I have to intentionally stop myself and be like, okay, my daughter wants to learn how to bake a cake. This, this actually happened. I was just like, oh, it's a mad take, take too long. It's like, wait, like she wants to be empowered. Like, let me take the time to do it now. Again, invest in it now so that later they're okay, right? Liam, I had to teach him how to turn on the fire safely and how to not have the fire come up the sides of the pan and move away when you turn the thing on and, you know, how to scramble the eggs and how to make sure they don't stick. Now I don't have to make him eggs anymore. He wants now he's making making you eggs and your daughter's making oh, you a yes. cake. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that is now goals. I'm be 50 pounds over because my daughter's baking me. No, <laughs> That's awesome. So this is a great reminder for parents that are listening. Even though you can do it for your kids, if they're at an appropriate age where you could actually teach them, then go for it. And that's um, a thing that I want to take for my kids as well and be able to teach them. I have a, my oldest is six. So I feel, feel like she is not quite there yet, but starting to, right. And with my basic, basic cooking skills, I could teach her how to use the, the instant pot or something like yeah. that. You know what else? I think my son was probably around that age when I start, he was really, well, he's a, do you have a boy or a girl? Two girls. Mm -hmm. Girls. Two girls. Okay. Mm -hmm. So boys like knives. I don't know, but he, he wanted to chop ah. <laughs> when he was little. So I got him, I don't remember what it was at the time, but I got him one of these like blunt knives that whatever and, and showed him knife skills to kind of move his fingers away and pinch the, you know, the cucumber in a certain way. And he got to chop his own cucumber or, well, you know, something soft or whatever it was. And it, that also gave him like an inspiration to want to, he was so proud of his little cucumber slice chop the way he did it that, you know, he wanted to make himself a cucumber and tomato salad because he chopped the cucumbers. So it like, it, you know, they can get involved even at an early age and watch you in the kitchen. And I used to put my kids like plop them on the countertop next to me because they couldn't reach it. And 
you know, they would like pass me the ingredients or whatever. Just getting them involved somehow. That's great. Okay. So the last thing that I wanted to actually, this is the second to last thing, but when it comes to parenting now, what are some flexible tips that you have here for just parenting in general? Well, I think the biggest thing I've learned. So I have a 20 year old. He's my oldest. I have a 17 year old, a 13 year old and a nine year old. I'm certainly not the expert yet. Maybe I need another decade on me to you know, fully be able to say I've become an expert on this. So I'm still learning. But the biggest thing is it's hard for us to see the stages and the phases. And we sort of touched on this in earlier conversations. To be able to be flexible and to be okay with this month or this year is not perfect, right? This year, my son is acting up at school. This, you know, this meal, my, you know, you know, my daughter wouldn't eat the broccoli. This term, she got bad grades. You know, this stage, she's, you know, rude and angry all the time, whatever it is. It's to be able to see the longevity of our work and our life and to, to, to give yourself a break. Mm. that if it's not going perfectly, I know a lot of parents are like my, you know, I really, I need my kids to eat healthy. And they're so rigid about creating a formula around that. And if it doesn't happen that exact way, they feel like a disappointment to themselves or a failure as a parent. And I would just say like, exhale and remember that it's a long game. Mm. I, I really like that because I think we all get so caught up in the moment of like what they are doing or they're not doing. And I'm sure because you have kids of all ages at this point, some that are past teens, that there are a lot of stages that come and go. And I like the saying, um, this too shall pass. So, you know, whatever we're we're obsessed over, it will pass at some point, right? Good Mm -hmm. or bad. So Mm -hmm. love that. Okay. So how about when it comes to yourself as a working woman, as a mother, um, how do you show yourself grace and I guess be flexible with yourself? Yeah. And as you were saying that, I, I, I thought of the word compassion, right? And the grace is, is also a great word because being flexible with yourself as a woman in our world where there's so many pressures, there's a pressure to look a certain way and to age a certain way. I'm turning 44. It's like, how am I doing? You know, it's like, there's so many things and there's, then there's like the, then there's the whole comparison piece, right? We're comparing ourselves to everyone else's successes and everyone else's families. And so that that idea of self-compassion in the same way that you'd be compassionate to your six-year-old is to be compassionate with ourselves. And I think that where flexibility comes in is like, it's it's sort of like if, if we all have a standard, right? The perfect, it, flexibility is about just kind of allowing ourselves little tiny compassions, right? In order to just not be so hard on ourselves, right? Like it's okay to have a few wrinkles. It's, you know, it's, you don't have to, you know, put on the perfect meal. When you, um, you mentioned earlier that you have a little bit of a fear of cooking because it, you know, you want it to turn out a certain way. Why? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the, the universal thing is like, we don't want to be judged. Like you just, you just, mm-hmm. you know, made, you know, dried chicken. Like you are terrible. You know, you're bad at this and we don't want to be bad at it. We want to be, we want to be awesome. We want to be fabulous. 
but, but learning how to give ourselves a break in, in, in any area you want to put on a dinner party, but like, you know, you're going to decide to, to, I don't know, buy the, buy the pre-chopped, whatever it is so that you have an extra 30 minutes to have a glass of wine and take a bath. So you're, you show up present all these tiny little ways in which we can give ourselves more of a break. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. And I could appreciate that. Um, just because as women, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything ourselves and do it perfectly. I used to, and this is something that, um, my friends laugh about because they, they know that I I've done this for a long time, but when we would have guests over because I wouldn't cook and I just didn't like found myself being able to be in the kitchen, I would just order things and I would plate it really nicely. I would not claim that I cooked it, but I would just plate it really nicely. Obviously my close friends knew that I didn't cook it, but new guests would be like, oh, this is so lovely and wonderful. And they just didn't even know the difference. And so again, that was that was something that I was okay with because I just won didn't have the time. I too just like really wanted to learn something and do it well. And so I, that's, that was like my little trick. And that was my way of showing myself some flexibility and grace in the kitchen (laughs) when I hosted people over. I love that. And by the way, you don't get a badge for working hard. Like there's no value in that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I do that all the time, right? You buy the takeout, you know, Chinese or whatever, and maybe whip up a salad to accompany it and make it look really pretty. And we, we love takeout. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. (laughs) A little too much. Um, Okay. So I want to end it with this one question because I, I know a lot of people are going to be curious and going onto your website and getting your book, but what is the one, if there's one recipe that you are known for, or like that you absolutely love that everyone should know about, what is that one recipe? Ooh, one, I have to choose one. (laughs) Fine. Your top three, your top three that you love. Okay. Let me give you like a variety. So my most recent recipe that people were drooling over is what I call a cauliflower crunch salad. I'm obsessed with cauliflower in all forms, but particularly raw in a salad. And so I chop up the cauliflower or buy it rice pre-chopped and there's no separate dressing in separate bowls. Everything goes in one bowl and it's chopped cauliflower and kale and onions. I make these um, dehydrated onions in my dehydrator, but you could also just buy crispy onions and I throw almonds in there and a whole bunch of other things. And it's on my website, the recipe. And I just put all the dressings into the the dressing ingredients into the bowl, sriracha and and, uh, olive oil and lemon juice and a little bit of maple syrup. And anyway, it's this like crazy salad that I don't know why just went crazy. And everyone that's made it is like, this is the best thing ever. And it also lasts in the fridge for a few days, which salads don't usually last. So you get Amazing. to make a lot and, have, and rebatch it. And that, maybe we could just end with that. Actually, I'm really excited about that salad. You guys should all make it. Okay, I'm going to go make it today because that sounds delicious and pretty easy to make. So I'm going to let you know my results after I try yes. it out. Um, Amazing. And if there's one parenting advice or life advice you could give to our listeners, what would that be? The biggest, or certainly for me, the the most important thing is to have an inner compass that guides you throughout everything that we've been talking about in all these journeys. And, you know, identifying your purpose, your mission, what do you want? Do you want your kids to eat vegetables or not? Maybe you don't, that's okay. But 
you know, knowing where you want to go is going to, and you're going to choose the right road based on where you want to go. If we don't know the destination, we're going to get lost. It's, it's, and it, I think it applies to everything that we talked about today, parenting and cooking and marriage, which we didn't touch on, but it's all the same. It's like the end goal is stay married. Okay. Let's work backwards and see what do I need to accomplish in our relationship so we stay married. So I think a lot of us are are visionless because it's hard to know what we want. But taking the time to to contemplate that, um, I think, paves the path for an excellent life. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Neely, for taking the time today. Um, good luck with the rest of your trip here in California. And I'm going to go try out that uh, was it the the salad that you mentioned? Cauliflower crunch salad. Cauliflower um, crunch salad. And I'll link it in the show notes below if you guys are interested. Perfect. And you can get the recipe on my website, theflexiblechef.com. I think I might even have the recipe in an Instagram reel for the cauliflower crunch. So I'll show you how to make it in like 60 seconds. Um, so I'd love to hear your feedback. Oh yeah. Where, where can people find you on social? Oh, yeah. So Instagram is theflexiblechef. And website with all the rest of my social links is theflexiblechef.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And it would mean the world to me if you took a second to rate, review, and follow. It really is the best way to support the show. And don't forget to head over to our Instagram for more parenting tips and inspiration at Bumo Parent. And if you guys are looking for high quality virtual education for your little ones, ages one through seven years old, make sure to check out at Bumo Brain on Instagram or go to www.bumobrain.com. We have a wide range of topics that your little ones will surely get so excited about from Dr. Kid to Chef Math to our foreign language program. We have all sorts of languages. Forbes called Bumo Brain the classroom of the future and it really is the best platform for early learners. Go to www.bumobrain.com to learn more.